0: hi again everybody i'm dan horde and thanks for downloading the bengals Booth podcast the crying over you addition as the bengals lose on a walk-off field goal for the second straight week falling in dallas 20 to 17. coming up you'll hear radio replays post-game comments from players and coaches and analysis from dave lapham then in this week's fun facts segment Hayden Hurst opens up about his difficult past and how he nearly took his own life. You'll want to hear what Hayden has to say. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. By Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. Free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. And by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. Here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Jerry World. I've called several games at AT AT&T Stadium over the years, including the Cotton Bowl last New Year's Eve, and the place never ceases to amaze me. It's palatial. It's grandiose. It reeks of money. I jokingly quoted Ron Burgundy before the game and said that it smells like rich mahogany. It's kind of an obnoxious display of wealth, but I must admit there's nothing in professional sports quite like it. Now, let's get to Sunday's game. What is it about the Bengals and backup quarterbacks? They helped launch a Hall of Famer's career when Don the Magic Man Mikowski got injured against Cincinnati back in 1992, and Brett Favre came off the bench to lead the Packers to a dramatic win. They lost a playoff game to the immortal T.J. Yates of the Texans in 2012, and last year, the Bengals were an 11.5-point favorite when the Jets had to start Mike White and he threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns in a three-point New York win. This time around, it was Cooper Rush making just his second start in five NFL seasons. He gave the Cowboys an adrenaline rush on their opening drive. Second down and eight at the Cincinnati 10, Elliott in the backfield behind Rush, takes the snap, fakes to Elliott, rolls to the right, looks, throws into the end zone, a leaping catch, and a touchdown! Noah Brown in the back right corner of the end zone. The Cowboys have their first touchdown of the season, and it comes on the opening drive in week two with their backup quarterback running the show. The Bengals immediately answered with a 43-yard field goal by Evan McPherson, but on the Cowboys' second drive, they found the end zone again. Cowboys line up in an I-formation backfield. We'll see if the quarterback, Rush, keeps it. Nope, he's going to give it to Pollard, and Pollard knifes in for the touchdown. Appropriate, they gave him the opportunity to score after he did most of the work to get them down there. And Dallas has scored touchdowns on its first two drives with Cooper Rush at quarterback... And taking a 13-3 lead. Rushed through for 235 yards with one touchdown, no picks, and a passer rating of 95.5. Here's Mike Hilton.
1: He was just getting the ball out quick into his playmaker's hands. You could tell he wasn't trying to make no mistakes. You know, he weren't taking any deep shots. So it's like, you know, he's just playing into, into the scheme and just taking what we was giving him.
0: Rush was rarely pressured and only got sacked once. The Bengals quarterback, on the other hand, Burrow back to throw under pressure, trying to scramble. Micah Parsons will come up with his first sack of the game, hops on Burrow's back, and sacks him for a three yard loss. Burrow was sacked six times and hit nine times. They have a great rush. I mean, one of the, I would say, top two or three best rushes in the league. They got.
1: DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah, and they do a really good job with their picks in games, too. And so, you know, early in the game, you're going to have those. And, you know, I can do a better job of
0: getting the ball out quickly. But I thought, for the most part, we protected the ball well in those situations, and that was my goal this week. The Bengals did not have any turnovers in the game, but still couldn't score a touchdown in the first half. And the Cowboys added to their lead in the final minute. Jake McQuaid from Elder High School is the long snapper for the Dallas Cowboys. Had a good long NFL career after playing at Ohio State. Here comes the 54-yard kick, and it is a line drive that is good. Wow, that looked like a one-iron. Yeah, Barely had trajectory, and he just rocketed it through to give the Cowboys a two-touchdown lead with nine seconds left in the half. For the second straight week, the Bengals dug a 17-3 first-half hole. Here are Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. You'd like to start faster. Obviously, no touchdowns in the either first half. It's uh, not up to our standard. And so you know, we'd like to start faster, but you know, the defenses that we're getting earlier are always different than the ones that are on film and so I think
1: that that probably plays a part in it, but We just got to do a better job of adjusting faster. I felt like, you know, as a whole, like I said, we got to take initiative on on everybody, Um, you know, coaches, players. uh, Everybody's involved with everything, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to, you know, finger point or nothing like that. I mean, we got to take it upon us to, you know, come out and execute, be ready to play. And, um, you know, for some reason, it seems like we've been coming up short in that area. We've been starting off slow, you know, little penalties here and there that's been killing us and having to get back on track, man. So, uh, you know, for real, we just got to execute more.
0: They executed much better in the second half, driving for field goals on their first two possessions. It'll be a 50-yard attempt from the right hash. McPherson, one for one today, hit from 43 in the first quarter. Here comes his kick distance is not a problem and it is good from 50 yards away money back has never missed on the road between the regular season and the playoffs he's 26 for 26 on field goal attempts remarkable and he made it 27 in a row late in the third quarter to pull cincinnati within eight heading to the fourth Beginning at their own 12-yard line with 12-and-a-half minutes to go, the Bengals put together an incredible 19-play drive that took nearly nine minutes off the clock. There were three third-down conversions and one fourth-down conversion. Burrow waiting for a shotgun snap. Parsons rushing on Jonah Williams. Here's a pass caught by Jamar Chase. He got inside of Diggs and made the catch at the 19 to extend the drive on fourth and six. And with less than four minutes to go in the game, the Bengals finally scored a touchdown. Second and goal from the five. 3.57 to go. The Bengals trailing by eight. Burrow waiting back at the 10 for the snap from Karras. Joe has the ball. Looking left. Scans to the right. Joe can run. But he throws into the end zone. Yeah. Caught by T. Higgins. Yeah. For the touchdown. Yeah, baby. And the Bengals are a two-point conversion away from tying this game. The ball is placed with the front tip. At the two-yard line. The Bengals trying for a game-tying two-point conversion for the second week in a row. They will go empty as Burrow waits for the shotgun snap. Joe has the ball from the 10. Looking, caught by (laughs) Tyler Boyd to tie the game with three minutes and 45 seconds left in regulation. What a drive. 19 plays. 83 yards, Hoo. and the Bengals score eight points to pull even. Here's Zach Taylor on the marathon drive.
2: That's just what was needed at that point in the game, you know, and that's the position we put ourselves in. Um, but our guys answered the bell. They made some tremendous plays, some tremendous one-on-one plays, some great throws, tremendous protection. You know, about everybody I can think of stepped up on that drive to help us go score. And, uh, you know, the protection is tremendous on that two-point play Joe really had all day back there and allowed TB to separate on that world route. and. Um, So I I thought those guys really came together and put the drive together when we needed it. Unfortunately, the next time out, we weren't able to do that.
0: The next time came about a minute and a half later as the defense forced a punt to give the offense a chance to drive for a winning score. But on third and three at their own 15-yard line, Burrow threw a pass short of the sticks and Tyler Boyd got tackled after a one-yard gain. The headset
2: went out, first of all, so we're, we're screaming a play, and it's unfortunate that the one play in the game is the last play in the game. Um, but, you know, we felt like we had a good shot. I, I think that one of their guys just fell off on TB. Um, yeah, I've got to see the clip, but I, I'm not sure it was the guy covering him initially. He just fell off and made a real good play.
0: The Bengals had to punt, and the Cowboys got the ball at their own 35 with 57 seconds to go. Three straight Cooper Rush completions put the Cowboys in position to score the only points they would need in the second half. Maher is set. He has two 50-yard field goals this year. Here comes his kick. It has the distance. It is good. The Cowboys win on a 50-yard field goal at the gun. Cooper Rush beats the Bengals in Dallas. A 53-yarder in overtime last week and a 50-yarder on the final play of regulation this week. The final score, Dallas 20, Cincinnati 17. Here are Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and Ted Karras.
1: Our defense has been playing their ass off. I mean, you know, they had little, you know, hiccups here and there, but at the end of the day, they balling on defense. we got to do whatever we got to do on offense to, you know, counter what's been going on, man. So, like I said, everybody got to take initiative on each other and, uh, you know, execute, start fast, and we've got to finish these games. One two is tough, but there's no panic. We've lost two games in a row before. we lost two games in a row several times last year.
0: Um, a lot of football left to be played. We're
1: going to have to get all this cleaned up. I mean, we got a long season ahead still. Um, obviously 0-2 to start the year, not how we all visualized it going into this uh, campaign. So, you know, but there's nothing we can do now about that game. We're going to get back to work, and you know, we got the New York uh, Jets on uh, Sunday afternoon. After
0: the game, Dave Lapham spent a couple of minutes with Zach Taylor.
3: Coach, it's a tough league, boy. It's a, it's a, it's a play here, play there seems like first down was a little bit of an Achilles heel today.
2: Yeah, the first half, it really uh, got us. They just weren't efficient enough. They did a nice job. We didn't do a good enough job and, and put us behind the chains there. But I thought we regrouped in the second half and gave ourselves a chance.
3: Down 14 points to start the game in, in, in two weeks now, but your team just fights back. I mean, they, they tied the score in both football games that tells you a lot about their their character, their fiber, all the things you need to know there, doesn't it?
2: I gotta find a way to, to help us put ourselves in the lead so you know we can play the way that we know we're meant to play because being down two scores two weeks in a row is not how we wanna do it. Um, but again we've got such great leadership, such great talent in the soccer room that I know we're gonna get it done and um, we just gotta catch ourselves from being too frustrated after knowing to start because it's a long season ahead and uh, we just gotta take care of this next week.
3: Did they give you any looks uh, different than they had shown or that you maybe anticipated either up front or on the back end?
2: I wouldn't say that. You know, there, there were some things that were in our control in the first half that we just didn't execute well enough, and they were really good defense. They are really well-coordinated, we've known that dating back to every game we watched last year and in the first week as well. So um, that's just on us to regroup and be better next week.
3: They were not going to let you throw the ball over their heads. I mean, they were going to make you play, you know, the intermediate to short routes. Uh, that, was, that was going to be something on, a, on an every snap basis. Uh, how frustrating was that?
2: Yeah, you're not giving yourself a chance, to when you're having the inefficiency. We had the two false starts. We had a sack on first and ten. Um, we had a negative run. You know, so there was just some things that um, I could have helped us be better, for sure, to put in a better position to put pressure on the defense.
3: You mentioned that they had a backup quarterback that had been there five years, and he was in the quarterback room as a player with the offensive coordinator, so they know each other. They know what he can do and can't do, and they didn't have to change their offense at all. He just went out and executed.
2: Yeah, he's been there for a reason for a long time. They obviously got a lot of trust in him. I thought he executed their offense really well.
3: Coach appreciated. I know, uh, you know, it's two close ones like this—one in overtime, one at the gun. Tough life in the National Football League. It really is. Yeah, it is. Had the Bengals won, they would be tied for first
0: in the AFC North. The Steelers lost at home to the Patriots. The Ravens blew a 21-point halftime lead and lost to Miami. And Cleveland had a 13-point lead with less than two minutes to go and lost to the Jets, who scored a touchdown, recovered an onside kick, and scored another touchdown to win by one. In other words, the Bengals squandered a golden opportunity now time for postgame analysis in this week's radio guys recap lap i would describe the basic mood in the locker room as stunned i think the bengals thought facing mitchell trubisky in week one and cooper rush in week two probably should be 2-0 and they're
3: 0-2 yeah obviously uh digging big holes you know you you put yourself behind 14 points to any team in the nfl it's it's not a good place to be and uh They've had to dig out of those holes and twice have done it, but they have to figure out a way to get off to a faster start. I thought first down inefficiency was the kind of the story of the day for the offense. They found themselves in too many second and third and long situations. As a result, goes six for seventeen on third down. Two hundred fifty-four yards offense, three point eight yards per play. And mentioned at one point uh, that you know it looked like the passing game was was. In a in a box, you know they they just weren't going to allow them to throw the ball over their heads. So, um, going to have to figure out ways to uh, to get that alleviated. And, um, and then you know, guys for them stepped up and had the game of their life. I mean, Brown, who would have thought that uh, he was targeted five times, five catches, ninety-one yards, over eighteen yards of catch, and a touchdown? No one no one expected that to be the case. That's for sure. So. The longest passing
0: play was 19 yards. You talked about how opponents are not going to allow them to go deep. Is it because the safeties are playing back? Is it because the rush is getting there too quickly
3: for, for Burrow to even attempt a deep ball? I think it's a combination. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, initially uh, the, the safeties are, gonna, are making sure that Joe doesn't think about putting it up there because, you know, are they going to? work to the sideline and uh and if joe decides to run a deep ball to one of his uh outside receivers is the safety going to be an issue there um so then by the time you know you get off of that now where are you looking and how much time is there so it's a combination of uh of of both really um coverage and rush or uh, glove over the hand you know and same thing with protection and deep ball you know you have to uh you have to give the quarterback an opportunity. He has to have confidence that it's not gonna be a you know just a, a quick glance. You know, he's gonna have, have some time to really evaluate things before he has to come off of it. And right now it's it's just disjointed. Do they have to run teams out of this? Is that the bottom line? Yeah, I mean I think I think you gotta get that running game going to the point where it's like, he's do you wanna die the slow death or the fast death? And honestly, most teams are gonna try to die the slow death anyway but um, at least make them mix it up a little bit more, you know, some, uh, change some things up. If you've got that running game going and you have a complimentary situation going, you have a balanced attack, you know, it's uh, much tougher to play defense that way. But if you know you've got the running game controlled and you can put seven in the box to do it, like cover two all day long. The
0: Bengals defense has played well enough to win, I think, in the first two games. But there are negatives. One takeaway in two games: two sacks in two games, and they've given up game-winning drives at the end of uh, regulation today and in overtime last week.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, you, you look at their at their raw numbers. I mean, they're they're obviously not uh, they're not terrible. They gave up five point seven yards of play on the day, but they they average they you know. The Cowboys rushed it for 107 yards. And they averaged four yards a carry, um, and I, I know, in a perfect world, you would want to have the running game controlled a little bit better than that. So make a Cooper rush, have to rush his decision-making process, make him think like he has to take a chance here or there. Um, he was too comfortable for too much of the football game. Almost all of the football game, he was he was just too comfortable and. He had confidence that he could execute the offense. Kellen Moore had confidence he could execute the offense. And I thought Kellen Moore called a good game, mixed it up well. And, uh, you know, they did just enough in both phases, you know, to to win the football game when they had to.
0: Do you think at this point it's – You know, business as usual, you go back to practice, you do what you did last year to go to the Super Bowl, or do they need to mix it up in some way two games into the season?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, you're only half a game out. (laughs) Everybody's one and one except for you. Um, You know, you you go back to work, but there has to be a sense of urgency because now you're two games down. You know, you have have 15 games uh, left in the season. You can still obviously control your own destiny, but you've, uh, you know, it's it's an NFC loss, which if you're gonna lose a football game from a tiebreaker standpoint, that's the one that you'd probably uh, pick to lose, but you certainly don't wanna circle any games to lose. That's that's obviously not in your mind. That's not your mindset whatsoever. So um, there's just a, a few things to clean up and uh, but you gotta get it cleaned up quickly because I mean, you know, everybody in this league is Capable. I mean, there are upsets every single week. Look what the Jets did today, yeah. you know, and they've got to go to New York. Look what happened last year um, in New York. So it's uh, – I was talking to Ted Garr- Karras in the post game. He says, look, I-, I-, I know what the next two games are like. I- that's the division that I played in, and I know what it's like to uh, – you know to, to to play these football teams look what the miami dolphins did today look what the new york jets did today mm-hmm. that's the next two opponents so you know they're not going to be a, a situation where ah yeah get up on them and it's an easy out they're gonna they're gonna fight you they're gonna fight you tooth and nail josh allen
0: tom brady patrick mahomes lamar jackson still to come And they had the opportunity at home against Mitchell Trubisky and on the road against Cooper Rush and didn't take advantage of it. That stings.
3: It does. It does. I mean, you know, I know you can can kick yourself in the butt about it, but then you have to move on. You have to forget about it as best you can and move on because you can't go back. There's nothing you can do about about the past whatsoever. All you can do about is take care of the future. And, you know, maybe you knock off a couple of quarterbacks that people weren't expecting you to knock off. That's just... uh, you know, life in the National Football League, but you got nobody to blame but yourself.
0: So a road game against the Jets is next, and the Bengals will once again face a backup quarterback. Not Mike White this time, but 37-year-old Joe Flacco, who threw four touchdown passes in that win over Cleveland. Let's turn the page and get to this week's Fun Facts interview where we get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst from Jacksonville, Florida. Were you a big Jaguars guy as a kid? And if so, did you have uh, heroes that you looked up to?
4: So I rooted for the Jags a little bit when I was a kid. Uh, It was tough because they were always, you know, pretty bad. Um, Ironically enough, my dad is actually from Pittsburgh. So I grew up a Steelers fan a little bit, but that quickly went away, getting drafted by Baltimore and uh, now playing for Cincy. So it's kind of funny how life works
0: itself out. You played some football as a kid, but you were a phenom as a baseball player, as a pitcher specifically. How old were you when you started to dominate and started to hear that word prospect?
4: Uh, As soon as I could get on the mound from kid pitch, I was always playing one or two years older just because of how hard I threw. Um, Like I said, I think by the time I was eight or nine years old, I was pitching against, you know, like 10, 11,
0: 12 year olds. Um, And it was just always that way until I got to Pittsburgh. I imagine it was flattering and fun, but did it put a little pressure on you to just be, you know, that guy at such an early age? Not really. I think um, I was
4: just so naive that I just picked the ball up and was better than people. So I just threw it past people. I didn't really think much of it. Um, I didn't really break the game down. I just, I knew what my arm talent was
0: capable of and I just went out there and threw the hell out of it. (laughs) We're doing fun facts with Hayden Hurst. The baseball draft is very different from the NFL draft. You can be selected when you are in high school, and that's the way it fell for you. You were chosen by the Pittsburgh Pirates, signed a contract as a teenager, had a pretty good chunk of change in the bank. Uh, Again, all of that is good, exciting, flattering stuff. But in retrospect, was it too much too soon?
4: Um, you know, getting all that money as an 18-year-old and never having left home. Um, I don't know if I was mature enough to handle it at the time, um, you know, given my life path. But I think it was kind of the best thing for me because I think 18-year-old Hayden Hurst, if he had gone to Florida State, I don't know if I'd be playing sports mm-hmm. still. I probably would have made some bad decisions. Um, so it was kind of all part of a plan. You know, my dad was like, football is always there. Um, if you want to, you know, take the money and run, so to speak, with the Pirates, try it. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't go back and play football so I I definitely took that into consideration when I was signing with uh, the Pirates and um, it's all kind of worked out it's kind of funny how we
0: had it all planned we're chatting with Hayden Hurst avid baseball fans have heard the term Steve Blast disease which is used to describe players who basically lose the ability to throw the ball where they want to it's happened to pitchers it's happened to position players it's happened to major league all-stars and it happened to you Mm -hmm there's frustration, there's confusion, there's embarrassment, uh, and it led to a dark time in your life. Can you describe what that was like? Um, to
4: put it into terms, it was like waking up and being in hell every single day for about three and a half years. Because um, you play this game growing up and it's just easy You pick the ball up and you throw it harder, you throw it by people, and it's just it's really easy, and then all of a sudden you can't even warm up on a foul line you start questioning your ability, questioning your purpose. Um, it really affected me off the field. You know, obviously on the field, I didn't really get into games and stuff like that. was really just throwing bullpens. But, you know, off the field, it really kind of sent me into a, a spiral. So made a life change in uh, 20, 2015 to give up baseball and just kind of go do other stuff. Uh, walked on to South Carolina and,
0: you know, really kind of fell in love with football. You've been very candid about rock bottom, which was a suicide attempt. Did almost taking your life, ultimately save it?
4: 100%. Um, it gives me just a little bit of perspective, you know, when things are a little bit hard in the NFL, you know, trying to learn playbooks or, you know, learn a run scheme or, or pass schemes. Um, I'm able to kind of reflect at the end of the day and be like, hey man, you know, you, you've been through way worse. Um, like I said, I wouldn't wish what I went through in those you know, five, six years upon my worst enemy. Um, it was awful. Like I said, waking up every day was just felt like I was living a hell, and I just couldn't get out of it. I felt like I was trapped, and there was nothing that I could do, no amount of money that I could spend, um, nobody that I could talk to that could fix it. Um, it was tough. It, it really was, but it taught me a lot about myself.
0: You've tried to use your, your experience to help others through the Haydenhurst Family Foundation, trying to help kids and military veterans battling depression and anxiety. What's it like when you hear from a kid or a parent who says your story is my story, and you're helping save my life.
4: It's better than anything that could happen on a football field to me, truly. Um, not that I don't love the game; it's done wonderful things for me in my life and my family's life. Um, but I know what it's like to be in that headspace. So when someone comes up to me and shares, you know, this is my story, this is what I've been through, I understand that frame of mind and what what it's like to be in that situation. Um, so having just the courage to even come up to someone random as myself and tell your story—it's um, extremely courageous. And uh, that's how we're going to start, you know, getting ahead of this mental health thing.
0: So you made that switch from baseball to football and walked on at South Carolina. Did you have any idea what you were doing playing football at that level?
4: Yeah, my first year, my freshman year, they had me at receiver. And it was basically, you know, go run by this guy or go be physical, go catch this ball. Um, It wasn't until my sophomore year with Will uh, Muschamp. Where they really started you know breaking down the x's and o's telling me you know you're gonna be a tight end you're gonna to have to learn you know fronts you know coverages things like that so that's really kind of what sped up my you know football iq um but yeah at first it was like hey just go run past this guy hey hey go j- i'll jump this guy so it was kind
0: of fun you certainly look like a football player He's 6'4" six four two fifty does football suit your personality as well absolutely uh you, you can ask anybody in my
4: family they think that I'm a psycho so you know and anybody in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization when I was there whenever they saw me they're like dude you're a football player playing baseball what are you doing um I kind of I felt it a little bit when I was younger just because you know I was the guy that just threw hard and you know, I had off-speed pitches too but it was just I would get I'd throw a ball I'd get pissed and try to throw it at 99 you know and it's just it doesn't necessarily correlate in baseball so um I think I've kind of found my way in football you know I can go up and make a catch or outrun a guy or get physical or, you know, when I get pissed off, I can go run faster,
0: or hit somebody harder. So I think absolutely um, it definitely suits who I am. We're doing fun facts with Hayden Hurst. In Greek mythology, the phoenix is a creature that dies and rises from the ashes. I've read that you had a painting of a phoenix on your apartment wall in college. Is the legend of the phoenix inspirational to you? hundred percent. It was actually my mom's, I guess,
4: um, when she was in high school she did theater. Um, It was a gift that she had received. And I saw it in our house one day and I kind of, you know, looked it up and I I understood what the Phoenix was and what it stood for. Um, I kind of did some more research and and really, really understood what it was. And it's kind of ironic how it fits into my life and kind of where I was, who I was, and kind of who I've become.
0: All right. A few wild card topics for Hayden Hurst. You have a spectacular mane of red hair. How much time and effort is required to maintain it? It's a lot.
4: Like sometimes, like right now, it's getting a little long. So, you know, it comes out of the helmet a little bit too far. So I need to get it trimmed before Sunday. Um, my girlfriend definitely helps with the products and you know, she's on top of her stuff um, with, you know, hair care. So I'll mooch off of her and, and her things. And if I'm not looking quite up to par, you know, she kind of gets me right. So it's perfect. I assume she likes the hair and the beard. Yes, yeah, she does. She's a big fan. She's a big fan of the beard. That's kind of why it gets as big as it does. I kind of have to tame it from time to time, but you know, what she wants, she gets. Do you have any hidden talents? Not necessarily that I can think off the top of my head. I'm a pretty – I know everyone thinks, you know, oh, NFL player, these guys are so cool. I'm probably one of the most simple and boring NFL players that you could probably come across. You know, I, I'm big on family. I'm big on relaxing when I get home. As far as, like, a talent, nothing really – I mean, besides doing the whole two pro sport thing.
0: <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you like to spend your money on?
4: My family. I'm um, not big on buying, you know, luxury things for myself. You know, I'll get a Chevy Tahoe. It's about as fancy as I get. But um, kind of what I've been through in my life, and I tell my family this all the time, you know, I don't really – it's a blessing for me to still be here. So everything that's kind of happening now in my life, I consider it a bonus because I never thought that I would really be here. Hmm. Um, so it's cool to be able to spoil them, make their lives easier because, like I said, you know, I've got perspective of how hard it can be. You know, nothing that life throws at me from, you know, 29 years on out is really going to phase me from what i've been through
0: final question this is kind of deep if you could meet anybody in history athlete actor statesman religious figure whomever it might be who would that person be ronald reagan Mm -hmm. i've read a lot of his books um i've
4: actually i'm reading a book right now come his like famous quotations from history um just a really great leader in my opinion you know whatever side of the fence you may fall on um i just think the man that he was during the times and what he was able to accomplish. Um, just a great leader. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Have a great season. Yes, sir. I appreciate it.
0: Hayden is off to a great start in a Bengals uniform. He's had five catches in each of the first two games. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Alta Fiber future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. By Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. Free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. And by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.